It's episode 47 of Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema. Hello and welcome back. I am Caleb, your favorite Kung Fu fanatic and your host. I'm not uh, not the only host, though. I am also joined, as always, by my lovely wife and co-host, Amber. Hey, guys. We, um, <clears throat> we have a very action-packed episode for you guys today. That we do. Yeah. Um, before we get to our main topic, uh, we're also going to be answering some listener questions at the end of the episode. But before we get to our main topic, a lot of really exciting stuff has been happening in the, uh, the martial arts cinema world, starting things off in... What kind of bothered me about this a little bit was this happened literally like a couple of minutes after we recorded our previous episode, The One. Yeah, Right after we got (laughs) done, the John Wick 4 teaser trailer dropped on YouTube. And I wish it had dropped a little bit earlier (laughs) because we could have talked about it then. But it didn't drop until afterwards, so we got to talk about it now. Yes, the first teaser trailer for John Wick Chapter 4 was was released uh, two weeks ago. And it looks fantastic. Um, they didn't show a whole lot, but what but what they did show, yeah, it looks really good. Um, we got we got our first look at Donnie Yen, and he looks badass in this movie. And we're gonna see him fight John Wick. That's gonna be that's probably gonna be truly amazing. There's a shot in uh, the trailer towards the towards the very end where John is uh, just repeatedly bashing this dude's head in with a pair of nunchucks. That was really awesome. I'm so glad he's going to use nunchucks in this. Um, we also got look uh, uh, our first look at some of the other characters, such as Hiroyuki Sonata's character, uh, Bill Skarsgård. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah, the one who was Pennywise. I Sometimes I can't remember if he's Bill or if his brother is Bill. Like I get their names mixed up sometimes because his brother is Alexander, right? I think. I think his brother is Alex. He played Tarzan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, this was Bill. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah, his brother's Alex. Yeah. Um but yeah, we got our first look at Bill Skarsgård. We got our lo- a first look at Marcos Aurora. Um but yeah, that uh that movie John Wick 4 looks fantastic. It's unfortunate that we have to wait another year. I really cuz the this film was supposed to be out this year, I think. And uh yeah, sadly it got pushed back to 2023 for various reasons uh from uh, excuse me, from, you know, the, uh, the, the, the way the world was going at the time. I don't want to say it, but you know, <laughs> the way the world was at the time. And, uh, also, uh, Keanu Reeves's commitments to Matrix, uh, Resurrections. So yeah, John Wick 4 just wasn't going to be done in time, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's coming out in 2023. It's very exciting. Um, uh, one thing I one thing I wish we could have gotten in the trailer was a, a, a good look at Scott Atkins, which we did not get. But, I know uh, we didn't even get to see him. Yeah, hopefully we'll see we'll see him soon. Though I mean he, he he's I'm sure he's just I'm sure he's bound to appear in the the next trailer. They don't want to give us all of it too fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, John Wick Four looks great. Um, and then uh, of course moving on, uh. This was announced, uh, I believe, two days ago as of this recording. Uh, Eureka Entertainment, the Blu-ray company out of the UK, announced three huge uh, titles. They're gonna uh, they're gonna have like three new Blu-ray releases um, at the end of the year, as well as early 2023. That's going to be three Michelle Yeoh films. Yes, Madam, Royal Warriors, and Magnificent Warriors. 
and that is really exciting. Um, Michelle Yeoh obviously is uh, is experiencing a pretty big boom in popularity, like with uh, with the recent release of Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I watched a, uh, about a week ago, and that was a really good movie. I liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, you know she she's she's really big right now, and so you know I, I guess they wanted to uh, wanted to release some of her older movies, and 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 the three movies that they're gonna do are all really good. Um, the uh, the Yes Madam and the Royal Warriors films, those are part of the In the Line of Duty series, and whenever they announced those two, I was initially thinking that they might announce an in the line of duty box set or something like that because there's a lot of those movies i think there's like nine in the line of duty films um i was really hoping there'd be like a, a box set announcement of those films but we didn't get that unfortunately but yes madam royal warrior still really great really exciting uh, uh releases to look forward to and then magnificent warriors haven't seen but um i've heard it's a really fun movie so i'm looking forward to that as well but yeah yes madam will be released uh, later this year, we don't know when exactly. It's just they, they just said late 2022, and for Royal Warriors, Magnificent Warriors, it's going to be early 2023. So probably within the first two or three months of 2023, we'll see those films. But uh, yeah, that's exciting. I'm definitely going to get those. Um, and if anyone out there hasn't seen those, I highly recommend that you check them out. And if you can. Um, if, uh, if you have region-free capabilities, if you do not live in Region B, definitely look into getting a region-free player or something like that because you're going to want to see those films. But, uh, excuse me, but yeah, with that out of the way, time to move on to our main topic, and we have a doozy for you guys. Um, we're going to be talking about a film that I, um, I firmly, honestly believe is one of the best kung fu films of the last 10 years. This film was released in 2014, and, uh, and there, uh, there were some pretty good films that were released that same year, but I think this one definitely uh, is probably the best one of that year as far as kung fu films go. Um, we are, of course, talking about Once Upon a Time in Shanghai, Hell to the Yes. Um, I think this is a, I think this is a great movie. I've watched it several times. Uh, as of this recording, we watched it last night. Um, I know Amber really, really liked it, and, um, I, uh, I like it, um, probably wouldn't say I like it more and more each time I watch it, but I never get tired of it. I'll put it that way. I, like, I can definitely watch this film anytime I want. Like, if I feel like I want to, if I want to watch something that's just, like, really quick to get through, has a, has a great story, great characters, amazing fight scenes, this is definitely one that I would just pop in and have a great time with. Well, I've only seen it twice. And the first time, you know, I I guess you can say I was just watching it because you showed it to me. So when I was watching this time, I enjoyed it more this time for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. I liked it more this time. And I don't know why. I guess I just... I guess I paid attention more. I was fixing to say that. You, <laughs> I guess I paid, you paid attention, attention more. <laughs> I joke with her. I joke with her a lot about this. Like, usually whenever we review a film, it's a film, it's, uh, in a lot of instances, it's a film that we've seen before, but, um, but I always joke that, um, usually if Amber says she really liked it or she didn't like it, 
and, and she'll wonder why she didn't feel that way the first time we saw it. And I always just say, because you weren't paying attention. Because <laughs> when we do this, then she, then she like really analyzes everything and, and, and watches closely. So in this, I think in this instance, she did it this time, but not the first time. I know I watched this another time when you were sitting there and, and yeah, you weren't, you weren't even watching at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, uh, without any further ado, we'll dive into it. Once Upon a Time in Shanghai, once again, was released in 2014. It was directed by Wang Ching Po, and the fight choreography was by Yuan Wu Ping, as well as his brother, Yuan Cheng Yan. Yuan Cheng Yan also appears in the film as one of the, um, uh, excuse me, as one of the villains. And for the rest of the cast, we got a really big cast. We got Philip Ng. Or Philip Ung, I don't know. That, that's how I, I say. I've always said Philip Ng, but I've heard some. I've heard some people say Philip Ung as well. But yeah, we got Philip Ng. We've got Andy On. We got Sam Hung, Michelle Hu, Chen Quan Tai, Fung Hock On, and this in what would be his last film. This was Fung Hock On's very last, uh, very last film before he sadly passed away uh, from cancer, which was t- he died two years after this film. Um, and then we also have. Um, uh, Zhao Yi, Mao Junji, Zhang Lusha, Lu Feng Chao, and Sun Zhao Long. Yes, a very uh, very big cast. Some great martial artists. Some great uh, actors. Um, and uh, what's um, what's interesting about this film is that it is actually a remake. Once Upon a Time in Shanghai is a remake of a 1972 film called The Boxer from Shantung. That was a Shaw Brothers film. And... Um, Excuse me. I uh, I ha- I have that film on my um, on my Shaw Scope Volume One set, the the release from Arrow, um, and I watched that film. It's it's very good. It's a little long, but it's really good. It's a it's a very uh, very visceral like Basher film, and we've talked about Bashers before. Like whenever we talked about one arm boxer, boxer from Shantung is a uh, just an excellent Basher, and. Um, Excuse me. Something really cool about that film was that the star of it was Chen Quan Tai, who is in this who is in this film Once Upon a Time in Shanghai as one of the villains. But in Boxer from Shandong, he was the the uh, the main the main hero, the leader, the lead role, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, but um, uh, another interesting thing is that in Boxer from Shantung, we also had Feng Hock on. He was uh, he appeared in the film as well, and Yuan Wu Ping and Yuan Sheng Yan also appeared in that film. Um, uh, but yeah, that, um, that, uh, that film boxer from Shantung has an incredible climax, just like this one does. I would say probably, um, the, the climax in boxer from Shantung is way more, uh, way more intense. It's very bloody too. Like it, it's very, very wild. And the climax in this is also pretty crazy, but, um, I don't think it's as crazy as Boxer from Shantung. Um, but, um, but what's funny is if I had to, if I had to pick which film I want to watch more, like on, on a, just like on a, on any regular basis, I would probably watch Once Upon a Time in Shanghai. Cause I mentioned that it's, it's very quick and easy to get through. And it's a lot of fun. Boxer from Shantung is very, it, it, I said earlier, it's kind of long, and it has a very deliberate pace. That's not a bad thing, though. It's still a very good movie. Um, and another 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 fun thing is that um, 
boxer from Shantong wasn't uh, wasn't remade just once. It was remade twice. Um, once upon a time in Shanghai was the second remake. The first remake was a film called Hero, which was released in '97. Not the Jet Li Hero. It's a different hero. <laughs> um, uh, hero was also a Shaw Brothers film. I don't know if I mentioned that boxer from Shantong was Shaw Brothers, but it was. Hero was also a Shaw Brothers film, and that was. Um, Released in 97, like I said, that starred guys like Takashi Kaneshiro, uh, uh, Yun Byu, Yun Hua, um, Corey Yuen was in the film as well, and he uh, he directed that, he directed that movie too. I haven't seen it, um, I'm going to check it out though. 88 Films released a Blu-ray of it earlier this year, um, which I need to get my hands on. But uh, yeah, I heard, I've heard that's a really fun movie, so I'm going to check that out at some point. But um but yeah, so they're they're um they're, they're remaking a film that was a, a pretty popular Shaw Brothers film. But something interesting is that Once Upon a Time in Shanghai and Boxer from Shantung they may follow like a similar um I'll say similar plot. Like the context is all very, is all really close. It's you know guy guy lives um like in this very small farm town moves to the big city kind of gets involved with gangs and stuff like that um so it kind of follows that same pattern that same formula but at the same time this is very different um like when it comes to the uh like how the film ends and like the uh the chemistry between the two leads is very different um and that's all i can really say about that but um well, we're going to dive into the story, and it's it's a fun one. So strap yourselves in. This is a this is a it, it uh, a lot happens, and there's a lot of really great fight scenes. There's some funny moments. There's some very touching moments. There's some sad moments. Um, but yeah, this movie's got everything. Once upon a time in Shanghai opens up on a ship. Um, this is a big ship headed for Shanghai, and on board the ship is a. Uh, a martial artist named Ma Yongshin. He's played by Philip Ng. Um, and whenever the film opens up, we immediately get a fight scene. Like, it literally happens right there at the beginning. So Ma Yongshin, he gets in a fight with a couple of other passengers on the on the ship because they stole uh, a little girl's food. And so he fights both of them. Or not both of them. There was... How many were there? There was like four of them, I think. I think he fought like four guys probably. Well, yeah, four or five. Yeah, he fights like four or five guys, and um, and th this this fight scene is really quick, but it's really um, it's really good. There's a there's a cool there's a cool moment where this one dude comes in and he's got two nunchucks and he's just swinging them around really fast. And Ma Young Jin he picks up a pot and just fights the guy with the pot. Shades of Jackie Chan right there. Um, but um, anyway, whenever uh. Whenever he's fighting, um, fighting one of them, he's fixing to like deliver, deliver his killing blow. I'll say with his right fist, but he stops, and and then this is a, uh, this is where like um, a, a big uh, a big factor comes in. So Ma Yongjin, he is very strong, very good martial artist. He's very fast, but something very special about him is that his right fist is insanely powerful it's not explained 
it's just something that he has. It's 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 his equalizer. Is that his right strong? His right fist. Sorry, his right fist is very strong. And we get a little flashback of uh, of him and his mother right before he left to go to Shanghai. And his mother gave him this jade bracelet, put it on his right wrist, and she said, you know, before you, before you, you know, try to kill somebody, you're trying to hit them with your right fist. You know, look at this bracelet and remember remember what I told you. So I think, I might be reading a little too much into this, but I think that's a little reminiscent of the big boss, the Bruce Lee film, because, you know, he had the, he had the jade, the jade pendant in that movie that his mother gave him just before she died. And she always, and she had told him, you know, uh, she made him swear that he would never fight again. And so there are moments in the big boss where he wants to fight, but then he looks at that jade pendant and decides not to. So yeah, I think you're onto something. Yeah, <laughs> I may be reading too much into it, but I think that's I think that's a little reminiscent of the Big Boss. You know what I like is, um, I like how they just say, okay, like his his right fist is strong, okay, and as long as you have the, the jade bracelet, you know, I don't want you to fight. I like that they don't go back and give like some strange ass beginning of how to his fist got. That strong. I love, like, it's left to the imagination. It's just strong. <laughs> it's just, like, but I like that there's no, like, we don't have to, like, go, like, 30 minutes into a backstory. I like that it's just, call it what you will. Think about, just make something up because it's once upon a time. So let's just make up what happened and go from there. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, once again, I, I'm probably, I'm probably reading too much into it, but this is also kind of like one-armed boxer. You remember after... Jimmy Wayne used character one on boxer loses his arm. He trains his other one to be twice as strong. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that too. So I mean, this this film, yeah, it's a remake, but there's also so many other tributes to so many other films and stuff like that. Oh, I like the big boss theory better. That sounds like you're onto something with yeah. that, with that well, one. I, yeah, yeah, it, probably. But um, I just I, I think one on boxer is yeah, that too. Is, like there's a there's a maybe a slight reference in there again. I don't know that. I I'm just I'm just spitballing, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe he trained that arm more than the other. I don't know. But, uh, um, anyway, uh, so yeah, he has this really strong right fist. It's his equalizer, but he doesn't use it. Anytime he's going to hit somebody with it, he stops himself. He restrains himself from doing so because he doesn't want to kill anybody. He doesn't want to hurt anyone. You know, pretty much every time he fights in this film, except for the finale, he's defending himself or defending someone else. So, um, anyway, um, this fight ends kind of, uh, prematurely, I'll say. This fight ends a little prematurely because they find, they they see that they have arrived in Shanghai. So he's done fighting. He's like, I'm finally here. I can get off this ship. So, um, Ma Yongjin, um, and two friends that he had traveled with, they, um, they, they get off the ship and they're in, they're in Shanghai. It's this big, beautiful city. And you see the amazement on their faces, like whenever they get there and they just see everything. There's cars, big lights, and all this other stuff. People everywhere, and it, you know, and uh, they're obviously, like I said, they're 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 like these they're, they're these farm people, like this real from this really small rural area, and they're in the big city. They've never seen anything like this before. I even told you them standing there with their mouths open, like these big smiles. I even said, this looks like a meme. Like this looks like someone would say something like first time in the city, <clears throat> never seen a yeah. 
probably never seen a car before. A car, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, anyway, uh, Ma Young Jin, um, he settles in a, uh, a little village. It's kind of like, it's kind of like an apartment complex here, and they call it Shanghai Bund, or the Bund, for short. Um, so yeah, he settles there, and, uh, the Bund is ran by Master T.A., who is played by Sam Hung. Yeah, he runs the, he runs the Bund along with his two daughters, um, Ju and Mei. Uh, Ju is played by Michelle Hu, Mei is played by, um, Zhang Lusha, um, which, side note, Zhang Lusha is an amazing martial artist. She she um, was in a film uh, called King of Triads. Triads, sorry. King of Triads. Um, also, it's also known as Bad Blood. She's got some excellent fight scenes there. And um, and she also has, uh, she also has a, a pretty good fight scene with, with uh, Philip in the film Undercover Punch and Gun. Um, and there is a... Uh, and, and, and there's there's the other daughter, Ju, who's played by Michelle Hu. Um, we see that she is also a pretty good fighter. She's very skilled with a uh, a chain whip, and it has like a little um, like a little blade on the end of it, kind of like Scorpion, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were trying to reference Scorpion there. I just, you know, uh, in in typical me fashion, that's kind of where my mind goes. It's um now you're splitting hairs. Yeah, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Ju and May, they're very they're they're both very good martial artists, and you see them fight a little bit in this movie. Um, so anyway, Ma Young Jin, he uh he settles in he settles in in Shanghai Bund, and um and we see like right off the bat, he and he and uh Ju, Master Chie's daughter, um, Ju doesn't really like him. But it's because she finds she when she meets him, um, she uh, he, uh, sorry, Ma Young Jin mentions to her that he is a friend of this guy named Nu, and uh, Nu is apparently this very like he's this, this very like sly like con artist type character. He's very funny though. Like we'll talk about him a little bit later. He's very funny though. But he uh, he mentions that he's a friend of his, and so she just kind of assumes that, uh, that, you know, okay, okay, you're probably, you're probably, you're probably, uh, like, a what's the word? You're probably a scumbag, just like New is, <laughs> so, so, yeah, right off the bat, Ju doesn't really like Ma Young Jin, um, but anyway, he settles there anyway, when he's got a couple of friends there with him, and, um, and something that we thought was really funny, this is just a small, uh, like, small thing, but, uh, is, uh, Ma Young Jin's eating habits. Some we we see him eat several times in this film, and he is a very sloppy eater. It's kind of funny. Can't hold chopsticks right. Yeah, he holds the chopsticks <laughs> really weird, and he's just stuffing his face. It's it, like just the way he eats is really funny. Um, but like you can tell, like this guy doesn't really have a lot of uh, a lot of manners. No, like, he, not like, at all. He's he's a very nice guy. You see in the film, he's very nice, and he, he's got he's got a He's got like a good head on his shoulders. He's a good person, but um, but she also see, but you can also kind of you get the impression that he doesn't uh, um, like he, he doesn't carry himself that well probably, <laughs> but uh, but he is he is a good guy. Um, so anyway, um, later that night, like after Ma Young Jin arrives and everything and gets settled in, um, him and his friends they are sitting outside this big nightclub, and uh. And Ma's friend is explaining to him that, you know, 
Shanghai is this big city where everybody comes to get rich or have a better life or something like that. And that's basically what Ma is doing there. He is there to, he's there to, you know, find a, find a good job and kind of just start fresh. Um, so him, uh, he's sitting there, his friend's explaining this to him and his friend starts telling him about the Shanghai underworld basically. And that, excuse me, and that Shanghai is basically ran by, um, by the four leaders of the Axe Gang. And those four leaders are, uh, these, these guys have some really weird names. It's funny though. Uh, so the four leaders are Laughing Buddha, who's played by uh, Yuan Chung Yan, uh, Baldi Bai, who's played by Chen Quan Tai, uh, Scruffy Chu, who's played by uh, uh, Fung Hawk On, and Chen Mu, who's, uh, well, actually, we're not really, I'm not really sure who played Chen Mu. I didn't see his name. But um, yeah, but uh, Chen Mu is the, uh, is the fourth leader. And, uh, and he also mentions that there is another gangster who is rising through the ranks. He just came out of nowhere, and he's trying to... He's looking to make a big name for himself, and he's just going around, just taking up everything. It's a guy named Wong Chi. Uh, Wong Chi is played by Andy On. And so we meet Long Chi. He is in the nightclub, and he challenges the owner, Chen Mu, to a fight. He wants to take the club over. And so he and Chen Mu fight for the club... And Long Chi kills him pretty quickly, uh, which <laughs> the way he did it was really cool. Um, he just uh, so Chen Mu he breaks out these two swords, but Long Chi knocks them both out out of his hands. One goes up into the air, and then he knocks Chen Mu down, and the other sword just comes down and stabs him and kills him. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Long Chi he kills Chen Mu, takes over the nightclub. He renames it the Paradise Club, and. Um, and there's a funny scene right here whenever uh, whenever they were watching. So Ma and his friends were watching this all happen. And there is a singer in the nightclub. Her name is uh, her name is uh, uh, Shang Shangjun. Uh, she is played by Mao Junji. Um, she she's a very popular singer, like in the in the city. And um, and uh, and after Long Chi wins this fight, he asks her to sing a song for him. And so when she starts singing, we see Ma Young-jen and his friends like standing in the doorway just watching. And, uh, and his friend knew he is just kind of grooving with the, the music. And I thought that was really funny. It, it's just, it's subtle, but it's, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so anyway, um, after this, uh, we see uh, Scruffy Chu. He was in the... Um, he was in the club as well. He saw all this go down. So Scruffy Chu, he returns to the Axe Gang's uh, hideout, I'll say. He returns to the Axe Gang hideout, and he tells the other uh, the the other two leaders, Laughing Buddha, Baldi Bai, that uh, he goes and tells them that Long Chi just uh, just killed Chen Mu and he took over the club. And so they all they all decide that they need to figure out a way to get rid of him because he's he's becoming too powerful and moving too fast. Um, so they're not, but, but, you know, they say they're not going to do anything just yet. They're going to buy their time, see where this goes, but eventually they're going to, they're going to have to get rid of them. Um, so we cut back to, uh, Ma Young Jin and his friends. They go to a shipping yard and they're trying to get jobs. Uh, Ma Young Jin, he, uh, he makes a deal with, uh, with this big guy, uh, Hey Mao, um, who's like one of the, uh, I guess one of the bosses of the shipping yard. Uh, so Ma Young Jin is arm wrestling everyone, and this big dude Hey Mao comes in and he tells him, "If you can survive, uh, he's like, if you can last one minute with me, 
in an arm wrestling match, I'll give you a job. And then, uh, and then Ma tells him, uh, I don't remember if he said, if, if, it, if he lasted three minutes or two minutes, I think he said two minutes. Um, but he, he said, he said, how about this? If I last two minutes, you give me and all my friends jobs. And Heyman says, okay, you're on. So they have a, so they go to do their little arm wrestling match. Um, it's very back and forth. Heyman is this big, strong dude, but, uh, but Ma Young Jin, he has his his right hand, which is abnormally strong. Um, so he's arm wrestling this guy, and this guy tries to cheat. And he kicks the legs out from under the table, um, and then just when it looks like he's going to lose, he stops and he pulls out an axe and he's fixing to kill Ma Young Jin. But Ma stops him. Um, but anyway, uh, Hey Mao, you know he, Ma Young Jin survived two minutes, and so Hey Mao he honors the deal, gives him and his friends jobs, and um, and uh, so yeah, they all. They all they all have jobs now, and um, they return home later that night. And um, they uh, this is where um, uh, where Myeongjin and Ju they kind of start to um, they they kind of start to like each other a little bit. I like how headstrong Ju is. She's like very independent. Like anytime like Ma like tries to like tries to be nice to her, she just kind of you know like just yells at him or smacks him a little bit. It's it's very funny how headstrong she is. I like that. Um but um this is like where she tells him, you know, she she tells him she was wrong about him. He's not just some kind of uh he's not some kind of rap scallion like 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 his friend knew is. He's 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 different. Um but um anyway, um uh Ma Young Jin, him and uh him and a friend of his who is um who was also working with him at the shipping yard now, um, uh, his friend, he shows Ma that he stole, uh, he stole some stuff from the shipping yard. He thought it was Japanese tea because, you know, they, at a shipping yard, they, they, they import and export a lot of stuff. So, so he thought that this was going to be like some very special Japanese tea. Turns out it's not tea, it's opium. So whenever his friend realizes it was opium, he's explaining to Ma that he is going to try and sell it because he could get a lot of money for it. You know, but Ma Young Jin tells him, "That's crazy. You need to bring that back. Like that's this 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 is a bad idea." But he tells him, he said, "He says you're young. You don't understand. I'm old and useless. You know, I I I need this money. You know, so like it's gonna be fine. Don't worry about me." Um, but uh, but Ma Young Jin was right. You know, because anytime something like this happens, it's never gonna work out the way you think. Uh, so yeah, um, Hey Mao and his buddies, they all come and raid the village. And, uh, and they're looking for, they're looking for the guy who stole the opium. Like they, cause you know, again, um, yeah, it didn't work. It wouldn't, it didn't go how he thought it would. And so they come in and they're asking where the opium is and they've got this dude and they've got his daughter and, and then Hey Mal tells him, he says, I'm going to count to three. If nobody, if nobody gives me what I came for, people are going to start dying. And, uh, just when he's fixing to kill the little girl, um, my young Jin's fixing to jump in there, but Master T.A. Samuel Hung, he jumps in there instead. And he, he doesn't do a whole lot. He just, he just disarmed, he disarms the guy and then he's got, got him in a wrist lock, you know, and he, and, uh, and Hey Mao, he, he, he lets everyone go and he says, I'm going to be back for that. I was like, I'm going to come back for you. So he leaves, um, but my young Jin, he takes the opium and he, he heads back to the shipping yard to return it. And, um... 
and he gets in a fight with Hamal and everybody else. And this is a great fight scene. I love how it starts. This one dude just charges at him, and Ma Yongjin kicks him in the head and just knocks him out. That's That was literally all it took. <laughs> um, but then he fights everybody else. And what I like about this is that it's just a, it's a single take. And, and the camera doesn't cut away. It just rotates. And he's just fighting all these guys. That one. was a single take. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even really notice that was. It was one shot. Wow. Well, see, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kept my attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that this, this fight scene. It's a single take. It doesn't cut away. He's fighting all of them, and the camera just rotates around him. Um. It does. It does kind of like. It does go. Or the image is obscured a little bit because, you know, there, there's like barrels and bags everywhere. So it kind of goes around those. But, yeah, it just it just keeps rotating. Um, um, and uh, and once again, Ma Yongjin, he's fixing, he's fixing to punch him out with his right fist, but he doesn't do it. He holds back. Um, and, then, uh, and then the cops show up. I don't know if he called them or if, or if they just showed up i don't know he probably called them knowing him um so yeah the cops show up and they confiscate all the opium and uh and uh yeah this stuff is all owned by the japanese and um and uh the police they have to explain to the japanese like since this stuff is opium we can't return it to you and then this is where we meet one of our villains one of our our japanese villains a guy named shinji um, he, uh, he's like the, he's the sigh wielding ninja star throwing henchman <laughs> of the, uh, the, our main villain who we'll meet in a little bit. Um, we meet him and they're explaining to him, we're sorry, we can't return the stuff to you because it's, it's opium. This can't be here. And this part confused me a little bit. So whenever they tell him they can't return the opium to him, Shinji says, okay, well, I guess we're going to have to take it back. And then we see the opium being loaded onto a truck and moved somewhere, but we don't see Shinji again, at least not until the end. So this part confused me a little bit. Like, 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 did he get it back, or is the police just moving it somewhere else? Like, th this part confused me a little bit. I don't, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so we cut over to Long Chi at the Paradise Club. And the Paradise Club is, is booming. Like, there's a lot of people there. There's music, singing, all kinds of really cool stuff going on. So Long Chi is there, and he's just enjoying the business and everything. And um, uh, he finds out that the opium is being moved. And so um, he asks one of his buddies, uh, hey, uh, when are they moving it? And so he tells him. And so Long Chi and his buddies, they decide they're going to intercept the truck with the opium. Uh, but whenever, uh, whenever the truck arrives on the road, like they've got the road cut off and they're just blocking it. Um, whenever the truck arrives to where they are, Long Chi walks up to it, but then Ma Young Jin jumps out. He snuck onto the truck and, and just rode all the way there. And so he confronts Long Chi and, um, and he challenges him to a fight for the opium. He tell he tells Long Chi, he says, I, I he's like, I want a cut of the opium. And, uh. And so Long Chi tells him, he says, okay. Um, and, and Long Chi is smoking a cigarette here. Long Chi tells him, he says, okay, if you can last until the cigarette burns out, then you can take the opium. So uh, so they start their fight. And this fight is awesome. It's really, really good. It's very, uh, 
um, it's very heavy handed and, uh, there, there's, um, there's a, there's a funny moment where they, they, they start fighting like through this little, um, I'll say this like bunkhouse cause there's bunk beds everywhere and there are people in there sleeping. Poor people, <laughs> so, people, yeah. people just getting knocked out yeah, their beds. There, there and... are people sleeping and the next thing you know, there's two guys fighting and knocking the bunks over and everything. It's, <laughs> it's really crazy. Um, and then there's another moment that I really like whenever they're both just like trading leg kicks and they're just kicking each other in the leg. I hate um, – every time I see leg kicks, it makes me nervous Yeah. because, <laughs> you know, it's happened so often in UFC. It's happened more times than you would think that someone throws a leg kick and breaks their leg. Yeah. <laughs> so I was wor- – I, I watched this and I, I remember thinking like whenever they were making this, I wonder if they were – worried that this would happen they probably were that they like if they're kicking each other in the legs like that they might break something or get hurt pretty badly um but anyway uh uh long Shi and mayong jen they uh they fight and it's very back and forth but then the cigarette burns out and there's no winner so um so mayong jen he tells him he says you said you said if i last till the cigarette burns out i can have it well I'm still standing, so I win. Um, and so, uh, and so, Myong Jin he gets the opium. He asks Long Chi if he has a lighter. Long Chi hands him his lighter, and then uh, Myong Jin he burns the opium. And then, and, uh, and this is funny right here because he burns the opium, and when Long Chi sees that he burned it, he just laughs. And he laughs many times in this film. It's like a very we're talking like obnoxious. It's like laugh. a very it's like a very obnoxious, loud, cackling laugh, and he does it several times. It's funny though. It's not like annoying. Uh, usually in a movie, if a character's doing that, most people would be like, "That's really annoying." But here it wasn't. It was his laughter was very contagious, very over the top. Yeah, it was contagious though. It's funny. Um, so uh yeah, he uh um so yeah, Ma Young Jin, he burns he burns the opium and Long Chi, he was laughing. He's he he was laughing because he tells him, he says, You can't um he says, You can't you can't destroy opium with fire because people smoke opium, you know, so you mm. can't so you can't destroy it that way. It doesn't work. Um But anyway, uh later on, um because of the whole because of the whole fiasco with Ma with Ma Young Jin and and uh, fighting all fighting Haymao and all the other guys, and well, as well as his friends stealing some of the opium, Myung Jin gets fired from his job at the shipping yard. And and after he got fired, a bunch of other people that he was friends with and that worked with him, they all quit. And there were like seven of them. They all quit along with him. And so Myung Jin, feeling bad that he, that he uh, that he that he kind of made all of his friends quit, he decides to go to Long Chi. So he goes to Long Chi to ask him to give uh, him and his friends jobs at the at the club. And what's funny here is that whenever uh, whenever Long Chi sees him like waiting out there for him, he runs up and just punches him in the face because he thought he was there to fight. So he just runs and punches him in the face, and then Ma, Ma Young Jin says, he's, "He's like, I'm not here to fight." <laughs> And Long Chi says, "You're not," and and Ma says, "No, uh, I was actually wondering if you were hiring. <laughs> like that's a great way to to like ask for an app, uh, an application." Uh, I know, right? So um, so Ma Young Jin he tells him, 
Uh, he tells him, I was wondering if you were hiring. I've got six friends here. They We all need jobs. You know, can you help us? And Long Chi says, yes. So he gives them all jobs, and he offers to pay them way more than what the shipping yard was paying them. And so, so yeah, Myung Jin and his friends, they all start working at the club as waiters and, and the like. And uh, and uh, Long Chi, he also develops a, 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 a relationship with the singer, with, uh, with Shang Shang Jun. They, they, they develop like a romantic relationship, but um, that's kind of set aside a little bit because what we get treated to in the next several scenes is um, Mayo Jin and Long Chi become very tight friends. They like, like not just best friends. These guys become basically brothers. We see again, like, we're just treated to several scenes of them joking around and just having fun and they fight quite often like there are there's a moment where long Chi literally starts a fight with mott in the club like everybody's around and he's just like hey let's let's spar a little bit so they so they just fight in the club with everybody around but hey it's long Chi's club he can do whatever the hell he wants um but um but something i like about these scenes is that Ma Young Jin and Long Chi's chemistry is fantastic. Like you can tell that these guys really are best friends. And and what's interesting is that Philip Ng and Andy on in real life, they are best friends. They're they're very tight in real life. So um so you know, I'm sure it was very easy for them to just act like act like best friends. You know, they say, oh, yeah. they, say they just tell them act like best friends, like, oh no problem. <laughs> we are best friends. Uh so yeah, uh Ma Young Jin and Long Chi, they're they get really tight and there there's a lot of really funny moments of them like sparring, just joking around. There's a scene where Long Chi is telling Ma Young Jin the story of how hot dogs became a thing. <laughs> um and uh and we also see that um like uh, off to the side, Ma Young Jin, him and uh Ju from the from the Bund, uh uh, the the two of them are also becoming pretty tight. Like we we see like the way they look each other at each other, they they really like each other. Um, and, and there's a there's a really funny scene where uh, where Ma Young Jin he sees he sees Ju. She is practicing her her chain whip um, at this newspaper. Like there's a newspaper pinned to a tree and she's just practicing her chain whip on it. But, she, uh, but the newspaper, it, it has a picture of Ma Young Jin and Long Chi at the club together. Cause Long Chi is this very notorious gangster. And so she was upset that he was hanging out with the gangster. But the thing with, the thing with Ma Young Jin is that he, he might, he might work for Long Chi, but he's not a gangster. He has not joined a gang or anything like that. He just works there. Um, and him and Long Chi do become very good friends, but you know he explains to her. He says, "Yeah, he. It's uh, like, yeah, he, he he may he may get himself into trouble and beat people up, but he's a good person." Um, but anyway, uh, there's a really funny scene where where Ma Young Jin is singing to Ju, and it's <laughs> it's it's very bad singing. But he doesn't terrible. Care. Like he doesn't care that he sounds bad. He's singing this love song to her, and. Uh, and uh, and everyone else in the village can hear him. We see uh, uh, Master T.A. Samuel Hung. We see him, like, having a look on his face, like, whenever Ma Young Jin is singing. He's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> he sounds like a... 
sounds like a, a tone-deaf walrus or something like that. And then we see, but we also see uh, his friend New. He's dancing along with the song. Or that That's really funny. Um, then another guy's laying in bed holding his ears. Yeah, he's just covering his ears. <laughs> um, but um, later on, Myung Jin and uh, Ju they go on a date. Like they they go on a, they go on a, just a little date and they they just hang out. And um, Myung Jin gives her uh, he gives her a hot dog and he tries to tell her the same story about hot dogs that Long Chi told him. But she's not really listening. And what's kind of <laughs> what's what's kind of funny is that whenever they're eating they're eating the hot dogs, Ju's never had one, and so she asks. My uh, Jen. She's, she's like, what is it? And he says, it's a hot dog. And she thought it was like a dog, like literally. It's like, you're and, sick. And she's like, you sicko. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, we also see, uh, um, uh, remember Long Chi and the singer, Shang Shang Jun, they are, uh, they're, 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 they're like in a romantic relationship now. So there's this one scene where, um, where Shang Jun, she is telling Long Chi, hey, uh, the Japanese soldiers they want me to sing at the uh this uh, this chamber of commerce gathering that's that's coming up but she doesn't want to she's scared you know she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't want to do it but she doesn't want to tell them no because she's afraid of what could happen to her um so after that long she he meets up with the the Japanese general Hashimoto who's played by Xiao Yi um and um and this is a this, this is a, a a pretty quick conversation, but they're talking. Uh, um, Zhao Yi is uh, asking him, asking Long uh, Long Chi why he burned that shipment of opium, but he he didn't do it. He he didn't uh, he didn't. That was Ma Yong Jin. But Long Chi he doesn't say Ma Yong Jin did it. He he just says they ask him why'd you burn that shipment of opium because that was ours. We were supposed to get that back. And Long Chi says oh, I just. I burned it because I felt like it, you know. So he's covering for Ma Young Jin here because remember, Ma Young Jin isn't one of his. He just works there. Um, so, um, so, uh, but anyway, Long Chi he tells Hashimoto. He tells him. He says, "I'm going to drive the Japanese out of here. You're going to get out of my city because we don't want you here. You're trying to, you know, you're just trying to conquer us and take advantage of us and exploit us and all that." Um, and Long Chi ends it with, he's like, oh, and one more thing. Uh, Shang Jun is not going to be singing at the Chamber of Commerce gathering because we're celebrating our 100th day of business that same day. So, you know, too bad. Um, so instead, uh, Hashimoto, he decides, okay, then I'm going to go to the Axe Gang. So he goes to the uh, he goes to the other three leaders of the Axe Gang, Laughing Buddha, Scruffy Chu, and um, Baldi Bai, and he, and he tells them... Uh, he explains to them, hey, so I went, you know, I went to Long Chi. He turned me away, so I'm coming to you guys now. Um, it's, uh, uh, and, uh, sorry, Hashimoto is basically saying, you know, we should team up and get rid of Long Chi. So, um, so, uh, Hashimoto, the three leaders of the Axe Gang, they all decide, okay, yeah, we're going to team, we're going to team up and we're going to get rid of Long Chi. Um, and so they they decide that the easiest way to do this is to go to Mai Hong Jin. So they send a car out to the Bund. Uh, they pick up Mai Hong Jin and Master Chie. They drive them out to their hideout. Um, and the, uh, the 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 Axe Gang they tell Mai Hong Jin, "Hey, 
we need we need you to get rid of Longsheet. He's becoming a problem for us, and you look like you're pretty close to him, so it would be easier if you just took him took care of him for us. Myung Jin refuses, and you know, and then they also make it clear that you know Myung Jin is not part of Longsheet's gang. He just works at the club, and so um, and so the Axe Gang they start threatening. Master T.A. and his family and the whole, like, all the other villagers at the Bund. And, um, and, uh, and they ask, uh, Master T.A., he's, like, really sticking his neck out for Myung Jin. And the, uh, the leaders ask him, you know, why are you putting yourself on the line for this guy? And Myung Jin tells him, he says, well, he's my soon-to-be son-in-law. He's marrying my daughter, and he's going to be leaving Shanghai tonight. And he tell he tells them that because, um, because he really wants him to take his daughter and leave the city. He says you need to get out of here because they're going to come after you. Just take my daughter and get out of the city. So, um, uh, later on that night, Master Ta he heads back to the bun and he tells everyone, "Hey, everyone, pack up your stuff. We need to get out of here. Bad people are coming." My young Jen, on the other hand, he heads to the um. He is heading to the Paradise Club uh, to talk to Long Chi. We cut back over to Long Chi, and him and uh, Shang Jun they are they are sitting up in his office. Long Chi is just filling out some paperwork, and then next thing you know, he gets attacked by the Japanese. They all, they just all come in out of nowhere, and um, and um, I'm pretty sure. They, uh, well, I mean, it, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like they were trying to be subtle or anything. Um, Shang Jun, she basically betrayed Long Chi right much. here. Yeah. But like right at the end, she had a change of heart and she helped him escape. So yeah, the Japanese, they come in and, uh, and how this all started was that Long Chi, he had a pen. Shang Jun gave him a, gave him this really nice pen as a gift. And while he's filling it out, he gets like a, a finger prick, you know, which I guess that's supposed to be like. Uh, like poison, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, uh, and it was, and it came from the pen, you know. And then you see the look on Shang Jun's face, you know. So she gave him that pen, so you know, yeah, she's a part of this. But um, but before the Japanese soldiers in there can kill Long Chi, she stops them, and Long Chi is able to 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 get out. Um, and uh, and then we see Myung Jin. He comes into the club and sees that Long Chi is being attacked. He jumps in there and and starts fighting with them and uh and he gets them out of the club and they start running away and they come they go down into this alleyway and Long Chi he uh he locks Myung Jin in this uh I don't know I don't know what it was exactly it, it, they go down this alleyway and there's just like there's this room with a door and so Long Chi and, and, and it has a it has like an eye hole like through it um, Long Chi locks Myung Jin in there, and then the Japanese show up. They catch up to them in the alleyway, and Long Chi tells Myung Jin, he tells him, you know, you need to get out of the city, you know, and just, you know, live your life. And he tells him, he says, he says, I, I hope we can be brothers in the next life. And so he goes, he goes to fight the Japanese off, and um, he manages to kill a few of them, but ultimately long Chi dies like they they all they all they're all they're all hacking and slashing at him with their swords and then hashimoto the japanese general he shows up and he delivers that final blow and long Chi dies 
meanwhile, after um, after Long Chi is killed off, we come back over to the Bund, and um, remember, uh, Master Chie and Ju and Mei, they're trying to get everyone together and get out of there. Um, on their way out, the Axe Gang shows up, and they're and and they just come in. Uh, just killing some people, but T.A. and May and Ju, they're, they're fighting them off and killing a few of them, but then Shinji shows up, and he throws this, um, this big-ass throwing star, and, um, and, and, uh, that kills both May and Master T.A., it kills both of them, um, actually, no, it, uh, it didn't kill Master T.A., he, it, it did hit him, like, in the back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it hit him in the back, but then like Shinji... shoulder blade. Yeah, but then Shinji comes out with his two Psy, and he does a, he does something, it's cool, but it's kind of funny at the same time, where they're, he's, like, doing this helicopter spin type thing with them, just, like, coming right at him, and he's just, like, spinning them in his face. That was kind of funny, um, but it was impressive at the same time, um... But yeah, Shinji he kills he kills Mei, kills Master Ta, and he takes uh, uh, him and the Axe Gang. They take Ju hostage. Um, uh, and then afterwards, Myung Jin he uh, he uh, returns to the Bund to find that everyone is dead and that and that Ju is gone. Um, and this is this is a great scene too. It's very sad. But Myung Jin he he sees Master Ta. He's barely alive. And, um, and he's, and he's just telling him, you know, to, you know, to just put a stop to this, go save, go save my daughter, get out of Shanghai. Um, so, so yeah, every, everyone in, everyone in Shanghai Bund is dead. So my young Jen, he decides to just go to the Axe Gang's hideout and he just wrecks shop, just goes in and just fucks shit up. He, uh, he goes in first, he, he, he fights like all these Axe Gang members in this hallway. And here, he's hitting everybody with his right hand. He's just killing all of them. Uh, he said, sorry, Mom. Yeah. He just goes and he's just killing all of them. And then a Scruffy Chu, Fung Hak An's character, he uh, uh, he jumps in there with his his uh, his blade and they're fighting. And he kills, uh, Myung Jin kills Scruffy Chu by, the, so they're about to punch each other, but their fists collide. And, um... And Scruffy Chu's arm breaks. Remember, my own Jim's right fist is just so strong. If you punch him in the like, if, if you punch him and your fist just hit each other, your arm's gonna break. So he punches him, and his arm breaks, and um, and my own Jin kills him. And then he heads into uh, heads like into the main room where he fight. He sees Laughing Buddha and Baldy Bai. Um, and he uh, he goes to fight both of them, and th- this has some cool spots too. He kills uh, he kills uh, Baldy Bai by just throwing an axe and hitting him right in the chest, and that kills him. Um, there was there was a cool one right before he kills Baldy Bai. Let me go back a second. Right before he kills Baldy Bai, um, he throws an axe at Myung Jin, but he catches it. But then Laughing Buddha comes at him with a sword and tries to stab him in the chest. But Myung Jin stops it just by grabbing the blade. <laughs> it's yeah, this guy is just uh he's going mental here. <laughs> um so uh so yeah, he kills uh Baldi by like, throwing the axe into his chest, and then we see him kill Laughing Buddha. I love this spot right here. He knocks Laughing Buddha down, and then he tries he grabs his sword and tries to get back up, but Myung Jin just punches him in the head and his head goes through the stool and <laughs> then he dies right there. Um uh, 
And then Shinji once again shows up, and um, and Shinji and Ma Young Jin they fight, and this is my favorite fight scene in the movie right here. And simply, and it's also like the longest one. This is like the most, the most like drawn out sequence. And uh, and even this one isn't really that long, mm -mm. but compared to the rest, yeah, this is like the most drawn out, the most elaborate fight scene here. Um, and I love it. It starts off with them, with both of them, just like throwing really fast strikes and just you know, blocking each one of them. It's it's really it's really, really cool to see how fast they are there. This um, this man has had three scenes. Three scenes. <laughs> and this is the one Asia's going ham in this one. It's cool though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool though. Um so yeah they're uh Myung Jin and Shinji are fighting. Um Shinji breaks out his sigh and um and and it get, and it gets pretty it gets even crazier like uh Shinji's coming at Myung Jin with the sigh Myung Jin picks up a chair and hits him with it and then he uses the broken chair lat chair leg leg sorry uh, <laughs> I'm getting a little tongue tied chair leg chair leg chair leg <laughs> chair leg he he uses the chair leg as a as a tonfa and he's just fighting fighting Shinji with it um and then uh. And then uh, they, they 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 just throw their weapons aside, and they start going hand to hand again. Um, and uh, there there's a there's a couple of cool spots here. Ma Young Jin he picks uh, he like sweeps Shinji to the floor, and then he grabs him by the leg and picks him up and throws him against the column. Um, and uh, and there's this one moment where Shinji he he grabs Ma Young Jin by the throat, and Ma Young Jin just starts laying into his side, like hitting him right in the liver. I love that he hit him like three or four times right in the liver, and and the sound effects were whenever they throw the hits are great. Um, and then he uh, Shinji goes to throw a flying sidekick, but Ma Young Jin he punches him in the foot and breaks his leg. <laughs> uh, it's so great. And it's done in slow-mo. And there's a lot of wire work in in, in, uh, in this film and in this scene in particular, but that's what Yuan Wu-Ping is, yeah, is, is really known, known for. for. Yeah. You know, he's the king of wire foo, basically. But the thing I like about Yuan Wu-Ping is that his wire foo is very, uh, it's very graceful. It's not, it's not like all... I've talked about this before, like whenever we did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but it's not all, it, it's not like guys flying in the air with their arms and legs just flailing yeah. everywhere. This is like, this is just like very smooth. Um, yeah, he punches Shinji in the foot, breaks his leg, and then, um, and then a, a bunch of other Japanese soldiers come in and they all, they all, they all have swords and Myung Jin just starts fighting all of them and he, he picks up two swords and yeah, just got one really big sword fight. Um, and then we see, uh, while this is going on, we see Ju. She's tied to a chair in another room. She gets free, and she goes out there. Um, Shinji is fixing to throw another one of his big-ass throwing stars at, uh, at Ma Young-jin, but Ju stops him. She's got her chain whip, and so she throws it and stabs him in the hand. And, uh, and then Ma Young-jin, after he kills that last soldier, he walks back over to Shinji, who is still alive, um, and he picks him up and punches him in the stomach with his right fist. And uh, it <laughs> looked like Shinji pissed himself. <laughs> like, he, he pisses himself and dies. He punched him that hard. Apparently, he pissed all over the front of his pants. Me and Caleb had a whole debacle about whether it was piss or blood. Like, we had a whole spill. We had to go back and rewind it. Yeah, I don't it. know. Like, he punched him in the <laughs> stomach. And was, was, was it just like... 
Did his gut spill out? Like, was it blood? But no, it looked clear. The thing with this movie is... I dropped my bottle cap. <laughs> the thing with this movie is that it's not in black and white, but the color is desaturated. So it's so there, there's like a little bit of color in certain scenes, but for the most part, it kind of looks like a black and white movie. Mm-hmm. But because, but because it, the film is so desaturated, it, it was kind of hard for me to tell. I was like, no, that's... It's clear. It's not yeah, dark. Yeah, it, it looked like clear liquid dripping from his pants. That's, so that's yeah, pee. yeah. So I guess Shinji pissed himself. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, Shinji dies right there, and uh, and so Ma Young Shin he he heads upstairs to confront. Um, excuse me, confront Hashimoto. You know, he's a uh, he's the last one, and uh, and so his fight with Hashimoto. This is really fast. This one doesn't last that long. And something I liked here was that um, was that his fight against Hashimoto, uh, compared to his fight with Shinji, it you know it, it made it look like Shinji was harder was was the harder win yeah. than Hashimoto was. But I usually like stuff like that. You know, it, it, it's it's different. We've seen it before, mm-hmm. but it's it's different. You know, like the 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 the, the big boss, the final the final guy. Um, he, that's the that's the quick fight. But you know when you were fighting his right hand man a second ago, that was the hard fight. So I, I like what they did right here. So um, so Myung Jin he uh, um, and and he gets cut up quite a bit in this scene. Like his Hashimoto has a sword, um, and so yeah, he gets he gets slashed across the chest a couple of times. He gets stabbed in the shoulder like right at the very end. Um, and something I noticed here was that uh, uh Philip Ng, he's basically doing a Bruce Lee impression mm-hmm. here, you know, because he, he's very Bruce Lee-esque in, he this, did in play, this movie. He did play Bruce Lee, yeah, but this was Yeah, but this was before that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, uh, his his character, the way he portrays Myung Jin, and especially the way he acts in this, in this like, final scene, it's very Bruce Lee-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because, you know, he cuts him across the stomach and he does a thing, like, with the... He, like, touches the blood and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's, um, it, it's very Bruce lee very very much like Bruce Lee, um, and I mentioned this before. What, what I like, uh, Philip Ng, he he is he does a good job, you know, playing Bruce Lee. Like Birth of the Dragon, that's the movie, the Bruce Lee biopic that he was in, that he played as Bruce Lee. Obviously, um, I didn't like that movie. I thought the story was really bad. However, Philip Ng did a very good job, and so like, uh, but I don't know, you know, they're I guess trying to do a tribute to Bruce Lee or something like that with Birth of the Dragon. I don't think it really worked. However, if you want to see if you want to see him do like a very good tribute to Bruce Lee, it's Once Upon a Time in Shanghai. You know. So anyway, um, Myung Jin he kills Hashimoto by just punching him in the jaw with his right fist like <laughs> really hard. <laughs> And he punches him so hard that his jade bracelet, the one his mother gave him, he punches him so hard that the bracelet just shatters. Like once his fist collides with Hashimoto's jaw, and uh, yeah, and and he and he kills him right there. And Hashimoto's head like goes like right into this like statue. Uh, that so, fucker's dead. Yeah. So <laughs> so yeah, he uh, so yeah, Myung Jin he he kills Hashimoto right there. Everyone's dead. So him and uh, Myung Jin and Ju they head, they leave and they're and they like make their way to like the middle of the city and there's police everywhere. And they're they're there to arrest Myung Jin, and we end with a uh, with uh, yeah. So Myung Jin has to go to prison, but Ju tells him she said she says uh, 
you know, you're all I've got now. Like my family's gone and it's just, it's just you and me now. Um, I know they have to take you away, but I want you to know that I'll still be here when you get out. I'll wait for you. And uh, so the police take him away and the film ends. That is Once Upon a Time in Shanghai. Um, uh, we do have to get to listener questions, but we'll just, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the film right here and just say that uh, this movie is very underrated. Uh, most people don't really talk about it. And, and, and once again, I, I, that kind of surprises me because I really do think that this is one of the best Kung Fu films that we've seen in the past 10 years. It's, it's very well directed. It looks great. The, the one thing that bothers me a little bit, well, there, I guess there's two things that bother me a little bit about this movie, but they're very small. One thing is that, is that it's desaturated. And I only say that because if you look at like promotional images from this film, because you can look them up, um, and the sets and everything, the 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 movie looks like through those pictures. The movie looks very colorful and very vibrant and bright. And so when you see those images and then you see the movie, it's all desaturated. It's kind of disappointing because I was like, oh man, the, the, those those images look so good. I want to see it like just how just how bright and vibrant the the the, the world really is. So that was a little disappointing, but at the same time, it still works. It doesn't take away from the movie. It doesn't make the movie any worse or any better. It's it's just something that bothered me a little bit because it's just like a little piece of like disappointment, you know. Uh, but that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't take away from the movie. This movie is still amazing. And then another thing that that it's just a little uh, a little nagging is that the uh, the pacing is kind of quick because like this movie is really short. Um, like I don't even. I think it's like barely. Uh, it's um, 95 minutes. It's an hour and 35 minutes. That's really fast for a movie. That's not long at all. Um, uh, so, yeah, but because the movie's so short, the pacing's a little fast. Like, like some things just happen, like, way too quick, or they just kind of gloss over some things. But it's still a fun ride. The fight scenes in this are great. I love how fast they are, and they're very brutal and very hard-hitting, and that's what I like about Yuen Ping. I've said this before, but... You know, he's known for, like, his wire foo and stuff like that. But he's also shown, like, um, he's shown in very recent years, this film being an example, as well as Jet Li's Unleashed being an example, because he choreographed that film as well. Both of those films have very brutal fight scenes. Very hard-hitting, very heavy-handed fight scenes. And that's what I like about this. And that's what I like about Yuen Ping. He has shown that he can do it all. Like he can do he can do the wire foo and he can do the he can do like the realistic just brawling, you know. That's what I really like about about him. And I just I just really like how heavy handed these fight scenes are. Um and the characters are really cool. Again, Andy on, Philip Bang have great chemistry. There this movie has a lot of very funny moments and a lot of a lot of very heartwarming moments and some sad moments. It's just, uh, it's definitely, I've said this about many films, but it's, it's got, it's got almost everything that you look for in a Kung Fu movie. Yeah. So. See, the, the pace didn't bother me. Yeah. Like it bothered, well, you said it bothered you a little, a little bit. And it feel that way to me. I just felt, yeah, I just felt that some things were. I just felt that some things were kind of glossed over, you know, it's kind of like they were just, it wasn't deliberate, you know, they were just kind of like, like, let's, uh, let's just kind of get to the next thing, you know, so they just kind of 
just kind of skip a couple of things. Well, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you know, you don't feel bored. Either. Right, yeah. Because, you know, if, if a movie's like, okay. Yeah, something, I know, I know something you told me last night whenever we watched the film. Something you told me that you liked about it was there was no bullshit. Well, <laughs> well basically. Basically, there's no, it, everything is like, you know, straight to the point. There's no backstory, you know, it's. But see, and it's it's good for me because it keeps my attention and I can just roll with it. Now, if it's too long and drawn out, yeah, then I have a episode of going to sleep on you. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this, this movie's excellent. And, I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've talked to many people who also like the film. I've talked to some who didn't like it that much or probably didn't really give it a chance. And I urge you, you know, if you didn't like it, that's fine. You know, and not everyone's going to like the same things that we like. But if you didn't like it, I... I I, I would highly recommend you give this film another chance because it's it's great, um, you know. And if and if you love the boxer from Shantung, the film that this movie is a remake of, if you love that film or if you love the other remake, Hero, if you love those two films, I, I think that's an even more incentive incentive to excuse me to give this movie a chance. It's just yeah, it's just that much fun. So yeah, check out Once Upon a Time in Shanghai. With that out of the way, what's next, babe? Listener questions. Listener questions. <laughs> we got a uh, we we got two this uh this week, yeah only two. But um these are these are some great questions. So uh before uh before we read our first question, I want to give a shout out to everyone in the uh, the Asian cinema circle. Uh, these two questions were from two two very good friends of mine in the circle. So our first question comes to us from once again Tristan, aka the martial arts film freak. Uh, everyone check out his YouTube channel. It's great. And he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, Tristan asks, if you could put any wrestler into a Kung Fu movie, who would you choose? Uh, Tristan, yeah, that's a great question. I love it. Tristan, uh, he's, um, he said, uh, he said personally, he would go with Malachi Black or Speedball Mike, uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, Malachi Black's a great choice. I love him. And Amber and I are big wrestling fans. So this, this is a very great question. It's something that we can have fun with, but it's also hard because there are so many that I could that I can name like just off the top of my head. Kyle O'Reilly would be awesome because he's got legit mixed martial arts experience. So he's trained a lot. The dude's great, a great, a uh, great martial artist. So I think he would be great. Finn Balor would be great. He he uh, he's he has a black belt in submission wrestling, I believe, in in a, in a, in a variation of submission wrestling, I think. Um, but you know him and his demon persona, like. That's that's a great pick for a kung fu movie because you know you might beat him like say you're say like Finn Balor's the villain or whatever he's the hero you might beat him but then he reemerges as the demon you know and you can't <laughs> beat the demon that sort of thing he would be great um, maybe even someone like a someone who's like a legit catch wrestler like Timothy Thatcher he would be great. Uh, William Regal, like another like really legit wrestler, and he's he's vicious too, you know, and or, or even like John Moxley or Brian Danielson or Katsuyori Shibata. I would love to see him in a kung fu movie. There there are just so many, so many choices. Like I don't even I don't even know like who I can like set, settle on. But yeah, there those are just a lot of different choices now, that does I it, would go with. Does it count that? Does this also count as? The ones that have done movies in the past, um, or not? Probably really. not. That's no, more. That's more of action, not really. Well, martial I mean, a lot, arts. a lot of wrestlers have been in action movies, yeah. But I think none like I, martial arts movies. 
Right. Not, not entirely, no. Like, uh, I mean, I, I hate to remind you of this, but Mojo Rawley was in Snake Eyes, you know, uh, or um, or the the film Headshot. Not a kung fu movie, but the ego-wise film Headshot. Mm-hmm. Hiroyuki Goto was in that film as well. Um, so, I mean, there are wrestlers that have done martial arts films, but I think I think this question pertains to wrestlers that haven't done it, probably. But, yeah, those are just my choices. I don't know. Amber, do you have any... Do you, have, do you have someone you'd like to see that I didn't name? <laughs> In a martial arts movie. Let's see. Um, well, you know you know me. I like Seth Rollins. You know me. <laughs> so I would I would like that I think that'd be pretty cool. To see what he could do in a in a martial arts film. I don't see him. Uh, I don't either, but I think it would be well, cool no. for him to try. No, no, I I <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you. What what I what I'm gonna say is that I I don't see him as being like the the main villain. I can see him being the Ooh, right though. Hand. I, I can see him hero. being no, no, not even that. I can oh. see him being like the right hand man of the villain. Oh, because <laughs> you know, the villain, the villain, not always, but the villain is usually like, kind of stern and big and intimidating. He seems like he would just kind of be, like, the annoying right-hand man because his his, his character now is, like, very... So what, his persona now? Yeah, he he, plays he, and- his <laughs> character now is very big and outrageous and always just cackling and wearing these really flamboyant outfits. And <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just... I don't see him as, a, as, like, the main villain. I can see him being, like, the right-hand man of the villain. Let's see who else. Um, <clears throat> well, Shinsuke could do it, couldn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, he, I could, definitely. He would, I didn't think about that. Yeah, he would definitely be a a choice. Shinsuke Nakamura would be good, yeah. Or Matt Riddle, you know, he's a he was in the UFC. He's a legit mixed martial artist. He would be a great choice too. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Him too, yeah. Brock Lesnar. Um, what about Roman? Roman Reigns, I don't know. Could, I mean, he's big, you know. Do you think he would be like a? Yeah, I don't know though. I just I don't see. Uh, I don't know if I could see him doing one. Okada. Okada, yes, definitely. Okada could do it. Yeah. But, I know there's so many choices. Like yeah, there's there, so, the, there's so many choices. The possibilities to are almost endless. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Thanks for the question, Tristan. I hope I hope we answered it. You, Malachi Black was a good choice. I'm glad you said him. I really like that idea. He be, he make an excellent villain. I'll still be thinking about this five hours from now. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think of who I would like to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, anyway, uh, so yeah, with, with that out of the way, we go to our next and our final listener question. This comes to us from Jason. Jason is a uh, an awesome guy. He's got a YouTube channel called Martial Arts Theater 3000. Everyone check out that channel. He's, uh, he's great, and he's got some good content as well. Uh, Jason, he asked a very good question, and this was hard for me <laughs> because... It was hard to kind of, it was hard to narrow it down. And it was also, it's also hard to, it was also, it's also kind of hard to say what I'm fixing to say because the movies that we're fixing to talk about here, I love these movies. So don't get me wrong there. I do like them. I don't hate these movies. I don't even dislike them. Uh, I like these movies. They're fun. But, but with the question, I, I had to think really hard about it. And, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns here. So Jason asks, what are your top three most overrated kung fu films? So, yeah, this was kind of tough, but I know you spent like three days trying to yeah, figure out yeah. what you were gonna say, and I still didn't even completely narrow it down. But I'll get, I'll get, to, <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. Um, so, yeah, top three most overrated kung fu films. First off, Drunken Master. 
with Jackie Chan. I'm going to say that's an overrated film. Again, I like that movie. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. It's a good movie. It's got great fight scenes. But one thing, but something I feel that makes it overrated is that as far as Jackie Chan films go, it's like the gold standard. Right. As far as Jackie Chan films go. Like, like, uh, like, like watch any video where someone's counting down his, his best movies or read a list of, of Jackie's top 10 best movies. I can almost 100% guarantee you Drunken Master is number one on every single one of those lists. Probably. And <laughs> and that bothers me a little bit because, yes, it's it's a fun movie and it's got great fight scenes, but I don't think it's any... Um, I don't really think it's any better than, like, Snake and the Eagle Shadow. I talked about this. I think Snake and the Eagle Shadow is way better than Drunken Master. One of those things being that Jackie Chan's character, Wong Fei Hung, in Drunken Master, his portrayal of Wong Fei Hung... I'm just being honest. Wong Fei Hung, Jackie's version of Wong Fei Hung, rather, is not very likable. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> like he's he's a tool. A tool. <laughs> yeah, and he and 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 in the first Drunken Master, there aren't really any redeeming qualities of Wong Fei Hung. So you know, I so I, but you know, I think people just tend to kind of excuse that. With a lot of people, they don't really think about the story with Kung Fu films. They just think about the Kung Fu. Like, are the fight scenes good? Yeah, it is. But I even even with Drunken Master, I don't even think that's Jackie's best, like, fight choreography or whatever. You know, I don't even think... I don't even think those are Jackie's best fight scenes. In my opinion, Drunken Master 2 has way better fight scenes than the first Drunken Master. The action in Drunken Master 2 is off the charts. You know, it's, it's amazing. So, uh... So, yeah, I'm gonna say Drunken Master... The very first Drunken Master from Jackie Chan is probably a pretty overrated film. Second, uh, again, I like this movie. It's not great, though. And that is Bloodsport. <laughs> so Bloodsport, for uh, for a long time, I think, was kind of the... Uh, was probably considered... And, you know, we talked about this film before. Um, uh, I, I think for a long time, it was considered kind of like the gold standard... I'm going to be saying that quite a bit here. Uh, the gold standard of American martial arts films. And the thing with Bloodsport is, yes, it's a classic, but it's a classic in like an ironic way. Mm. Um, but uh, but I definitely think that there are better American martial arts films out there than Bloodsport, at least when it comes to fight choreography. The fight scenes in Bloodsport are not that good. <laughs> But, you know, and I've said this, I don't like Van Damme's style of fight choreography, at least in most of his films. There are films where he has, like, very fast fight choreography, like No Retreat, No Surrender. But um, but with this film, his fight scenes are very slow. He throws one strike and poses, throws another strike, poses again, just flexing his muscles and everything like that. His, his muscles from Brussels and... Uh, um, so... Yeah, I, and I, I just, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it should be held in the high regard that it is held in. Yes, it's a fun movie and it's a classic, but I definitely don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like A plus American martial arts film. Um, and what's even crazier is that, you know, the, the, this is going to sound weird and like I'm making a really weird turn here, but um, in the show Cobra Kai in season four, when all the characters are at that drive-in watching Bloodsport, do you remember that scene, babe? Um, every 
everyone's there watching Bloodsport and everyone's like, oh my god, this is so awesome. I, that doesn't feel right. I don't know. I feel like if kids this day and age were watching Bloodsport, they'd probably be like, what the hell is this? What am I watching? Yeah, I feel like they'd be like, this is weird or this is dumb. I don't think everybody would be there like, oh my god, this is so cool. Are you kidding me? Like, and they're, and because they're like watching like the, the, the scene where Van Damme and the, the Muay Thai guy Paco are kicking each other in the side just back and forth and back and forth and everyone's like, yeah, yes. Like, no. 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 <laughs> no. Um, and then on top of that, Van Damme, his acting in that movie is bad. He's not a great actor. At least not back then. He wasn't. He was very bland and just very wooden. And there there was one scene in Bloodsport where I thought his acting was okay. And that was and that was like like whenever his training, his serious training was fixing to start because, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I felt the determination within him there. But then the rest of it it's just yeah, it's just like very, very, very stale Van Damme acting. So yeah, Bloodsport, I don't uh it's fun, but it, I definitely don't think it needs to be held in, in the high regard that it is often held in. Um, and then last but not least, I actually have two answers for this because I could not decide <laughs> which one was more overrated. Bear in mind, once again, I like these movies. But they are uh, Way of the Dragon and Enter the Dragon. The two Bruce Lee films. Yes, me being the huge Bruce Lee fan that I am, I can comfortably say here that I think those two movies are overrated. And I talked about Way of the Dragon several months back um, with uh, with Cal the Kaiju guy. We talked about Way of the Dragon. Cal said that that's his favorite film. And I think Way of the Dragon is good. It's fun. Um, but I think... Uh, I think from probably like a technical standpoint, all that movie really had going for it was Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris, and that's all anybody talks about. Yeah. It's got Bruce Lee, Chuck, it's got Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris. Who cares? You know, that's kind. Of, I think that's kind of the approach that some people take to it. But Way of the Dragon, uh, outside of that, it's um, it's a very goofy movie. Like the comedy <laughs> is the comedy is just very outrageous, and it's and to, to many people I know it's 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 very odd at times. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like all that movie really had going for it was Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris. And, uh, and I've, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like outside of that, um, it's just not, it's not as good as, as like Fist of Fury. I think Bruce Lee's film Fist of Fury is excellent. That's such a good movie. Way of the Dragon, it's not better than Fist of Fury. That's my opinion. Like it's limited to just that. I I I just feel that it is not better than that. All that movie had going for it was Chuck Norris, but people, but you know, a lot of people seem to think that it's just like it's top tier Bruce Lee. It is the quintessential Bruce Lee film. I don't think it is. And um, I actually gave you the idea for Enter the Dragon, didn't I? I actually brought it up. Yeah, yeah, but like that was the thing, and and that's the other one is Enter the Dragon. Um, so with Enter the Dragon. Again, much like Bloodsport, and the Dragon is is considered like the gold standard for kung fu movies. Not just American kung fu movies, not just Hong Kong movies. The overall martial arts action film spectrum, many people have Enter the Dragon at the very toppy tip of their list. <laughs> uh, um, What's like I said, anybody that associates Bruce Lee, like, if, okay, if you ask somebody that you know that do, that doesn't, they don't really care 
for kung fu movies, what they say. What's your favorite? Like you know Bruce Lee. What's your favorite? What What do you think is best? Bruce Lee's best movie is they they automatically say, Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And because it's the only one they've seen, or it's the Most only likely, one yeah. that they're like, oh my god, like they. Then when you tell them, hey, there's more, there's more, like they're like, what? <laughs> um, it's true. Yeah. So, so the thing with Enter the Dragon, it, yeah, it's it's held in such high regard. I don't think it really needs to be. Again, I don't think Enter the Dragon is as good as something like Fist of Fury. I think Fist of Fury is quintessential Bruce Lee. Like, if you want to see something that, if you want to, if you like want to know, if you ask me, like, why is Bruce Lee so badass? I'm gonna turn on Fist of Fury. Like, watch this and you'll you'll see why. You'll see why. And I say that because Fist of Fury, the fight scenes are excellent. They are really, really good. The fight scenes in End of the Dragon, they're not that good. They're not filmed very well at all. Like there, there's a there's a fight scene. I don't want to dive too deep into it because we are gonna talk about the movie End of the Dragon soon. Like very, very soon. We are gonna talk about that film. But um, there is just a fight scene in and in the dragon that really bothers me to no end, and that's when Bruce is um, is fighting all of Han's henchmen like in the underground lair, and he he tries to go to the elevator, like open the elevator up, but then all these guys start running at him. You don't see these people coming at him. The camera is just on Bruce, and then you see the guys kind of out the sides a little bit, but he just hits each one of them, and then they go down. You don't see these people come at him. They're, you just hear them, and then Bruce hits them. That bothers me because you don't. Again, you don't see them coming, and you don't see like how he really dispatches of each one. He just kind of throws a punch, and then they just kind of they they they're barely in frame to begin with, and then they just fall completely out of frame. <laughs> that that bothers me. So yeah, the fight scenes in Enter the Dragon are not that good. But I think the story is really cool, even though the first half of of Enter the Dragon is pretty boring. Um, I, I was still into the story and into the characters. Way of the Dragon, yeah, all it really has going for it is Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris. And I will admit that the, the, the scene where Bruce Lee is fighting all the guys with both nunchucks, that's cool too. But... Um, yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't think either of those films are like, are, are for me, they're not quintessential Bruce Lee, and uh, End of the Dragon really shouldn't be held in the high regard that it is held in because there are better films out there than End of the Dragon. Um, yeah, hot takeover. <laughs> We're, yeah, that, that's it. Uh, uh, hopefully, you spoke your piece. Yeah, hopefully we didn't step <laughs> on too many toes. You know, if if you guys, let, let's just be clear that if if anyone out there likes those movies. That's great. We're glad you like them because we like those movies too. Like, like just despite despite how critical we may be, we do still like these like those movies, and we watch them a lot. They're they're still fun, you know. So whether you like it or not, that's okay. So yeah, with that, with with uh, with all that out of the way, thank you for joining us. This was episode forty seven of Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema. We had a lot of fun. This was a, a very fun episode for us. We got to talk about. John Wick and Michelle Yeoh. We got to talk about a great film in Once Upon a Time in Shanghai. Once again, check that out. We answered some really fun questions. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. Episode 48 will be out next. It's going to be uh, airing on August 20th, um, eight days before my birthday. Um, so this is going to be like a, a, a birthday special <laughs> in, 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 my, in my case, I guess, because after that, the next one won't be until 
beginning of September, and my birthday's on the 28th. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, my birthday's coming up, and I really wanted to talk about a film that um, that is probably a little unnatural, considering that this is Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema, when you should talk about martial arts action films. We are going to be talking about The Man from Nowhere. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so strap yourselves in. We are going to, we're going to have a fun ride and talk about a very, a very uh, intense, gripping action thriller film. A South Korean action thriller film known as The Man from Nowhere. I have to watch it again? Yes, you do. Oh, I, I, you can't do this to me. <laughs> Hey, how do you think I feel? I gotta watch it again. You can't too. do this. Look, I'm already tearing up. You can't do this to me. <laughs> Not again. The first time we watched Man from Nowhere, Amber was bawling at the end. And of you it. want me to do it again? I can't do this. Hey, it's still a good movie. Come on. That's not the point. <laughs> it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun. I really do. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna. We're gonna have a lot of fun with that one. Because yeah, I'm gonna cry. That's what it's gonna do. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's just such a great movie. It's so good, and it's got. The best knife fight scene you will ever see in your life. Like, if you want to know about knife fight scenes, you haven't lived until you've seen The Man <laughs> from Nowhere. It's a, uh, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're we're we're, oh, we're done for today. That's it. Thank you once again. August twentieth, episode forty-eight, The Man from Nowhere. We'll see you then. Take care, guys.